Coming up on today's episode of the Matt Donahue Podcast, we are back. Episode 86. Cannot believe we're at 86 episodes in here. But on today's episode, we do we, we talk about two things. <clears throat> Boston sports, and in particular, the New England Patriots and the Boston Celtics. Uh, we kick things off a little bit of Patriots talk. Obviously, there's a lot of Cam Newton, Mac Jones speculation going on. What's going on with Cam Newton? Is Mac Jones going to be the week one starter? I give my opinions on that. Uh, then we go into a little bit of a breakdown about the game two, uh, preseason game two against the Eagles and the utter domination of, of a performance the Patriots put on the Eagles. Gotta love that if you're a Pats fan. Then we move into um, a little bit of who's gonna who's gonna make the roster. You know, some in, in some particular um, big positions. Um, and then we move into the Celtics. We talk a little bit about um, all the recent uh, extensions that Brad Stevens been handing out left and right, um, and, and I give my, my thoughts and opinions on that, and uh, then we give a little bit of an outlook uh, for the Celtics season. Uh, way too early uh, outlook for the Celtics season. So, we got that coming up. Obviously, head over to greatvimedia.com to um, subscribe to the email listing, and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you guys are listening to. Alright, let's do it. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Matt Donnie Podcast, episode 86. Can't believe we're 86 uh, episodes in here. We're, we're creeping up on 100, slowly but surely we're creeping up on 100. Um, so for the people watching on YouTube, as you can see, a um, little bit of a different setup here. Uh, we got the arm thing for the microphone. Maybe you can hear it on, uh, on the podcast. I don't know. We'll see um, if there's a difference between uh, like last week's episode when I'm talking versus this week. Um, so we got a little bit different uh, thing here. So the the podcast or the the, um, the podcast the podcast was always uh, recorded on my my mic, which was on like this the stand on the table. Um, and I noticed last week listening to the episode with Thomas that every time me and Thomas like would touch the the um the table or like accidentally banging or something like that there was like a really loud sound like it was like a I'm trying to like recreate it. it was like a really loud like you know that was even bad um so I was like you know what I talk with my hands I, I constantly do that I constantly bump into things too on the table and it makes like a huge like I'll move my phone and like put like and it makes like a huge huge noise and it just takes away so hopefully for your listening and viewing pleasure this is a little bit better um, so yeah, we got that going on, uh, a little bit different setup here, I don't really know how to, like, position it, and I'm also missing the, uh, the thing that comes with it, I don't even know, it's like a shock mount thing, I, like, went to Best Buy to, like, get this, and the guy's like, yeah, this one's, uh, the only model left, and we're missing the, the shock mount thing, and I was like, ah, great, he's like, so, uh, we'll call you when it gets in, so, hopefully that's in within, like, the next few weeks, if it's not within, a, like, in within a month, I'm just gonna, like, go, like, go back to the storage, big yo, you guys owe me a shock mount. Um, but yeah, we're going to keep it kind of, uh, we're going to keep this episode kind of, kind of light. There's not really much to talk about, but, um, get the, the last preseason game coming up for the Patriots and then we're in full, we're in full, full football season. So, um, but we do have a little bit of Patriots news, which, um, we'll, we'll kick things off with, and then we'll end it with a little bit of Celtics talk because, the Celtics fans are like in an uproar right now. I mean, I don't know what's going on. Um, I 
I don't want to call people casual fans, but like there's fans out there that are like flipping out over some of these moves. So we'll get into it. Um, like I said, 30, 40 minutes. I'm going to try and keep it around that, but you know how this goes. Um, all right. So let's, uh, let's just get right into it here. Um, Patriots absolutely put a whomping on the, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, last, what was it? Last Thursday. Sorry, it's like uh, I'm back in the same studio that I recorded with uh, Thomas. I do every weekend. It's again, it's like a hundred degrees in here. So uh, now water's been sitting in here for uh, about a week unopened. So it, that water's also like extremely warm, and it's not even really that uh, that good to listen or uh, drink. So um, but regardless, we're just gonna roll with it. Um, so Pat's put a whomping on the the Eagles last uh, Thursday, and uh, it was it was a whomping. Now. I get it, and we wrote a blog about this, me and Dalton. We did a collaborative blog, so if you guys want to go check it out on Great Value Media, feel free. Um, but in quick summary, I guess, um, I wrote it from a Patriots fan's uh, perspective. He obviously wrote it from a, uh, an Eagles fan's perspective because he's an Eagles fan. I don't know why. Um, but obviously the Eagles were without Jalen Hurts. Uh, they didn't really play. They started off with their starters for like the first series. Uh, then they pretty much took everyone out. Um, so... The Patriots played like two, like the first quarter, I guess, with their starters, and that's kind of like really when they uh, they put the whopping on, uh, and it was very apparent. So um, I want to get that out of the way though, because all like right after the game, everyone's like, "Oh, Pats like still suck." Like that's all they could do to our second, like our second and third stringers, like thirty five. No, I was like, "What are these?" What? That's like the most. That's the most Philadelphia Eagle thing I've ever heard. Philly fan in general, I should say. Um, but yeah, uh, it was, uh, it was a fun game to watch, you know what I mean? And, um, it, uh, I, I don't know, it, it's, it like, it like, did it, I don't even really know how to put it because like you watch the game and you're like, wow, Cam Newton looked really, really good. And then, uh, Mac Jones also looked like very good, you know? Um, so I think it's safe to say that Mac Jones has probably had the better preseason. Granted, he's played more snaps. Um, but Boston Sports, man, they, they, uh, Boston Sports Radio, I should say, and I'm not calling out anybody in particular here, WEI, but they, they just cannot let go of, like, this Cam Newton, Mac Jones narrative, and, uh, listen, WEI, we get it, you hate Cam Newton, there's not a single person in that, in that radio space, like, anybody who works for you guys that likes Cam Newton, we get it, and just, like, Mac Jones is the future, but Belichick comes out like every single day and just continues to state that Cam Newton's a starter. He even stated it before he said Mac Jones has a big opportunity now that Cam's out with protocol, which we'll get into in like a little bit here. Um, but he even said it before he said that, that, you know, Cam is still the week one starter, but Mac has a big opportunity. That's like literally verbatim what he said, but you're only seeing the quote that uh, big opportunity for Mac Jones. That's like, of course, what all the the sports media outlets are pushing. They're not actually push, pushing the whole quote. I'd I'd go to Patriots Twitter and like actually watch the interview uh, Belichick does because that's exactly what he says. Because I watched it, and um, WEI just continues to push this narrative though that like Mac Jones is going to be the week one starter. I don't know how many times Bill Belichick has said it. He's not going to be the week one starter. It came to unless Cam Newton breaks his leg or gets hit by a car or something, he's going to be starting week one. You know what I mean? Or unless he comes like a test positive for COVID. Like there's others, unless physically Cam Newton cannot start, he's going to be starting week one for the Pets. Will he be starting week two? I don't know. But the narrative of like, will Mac Jones be the week one starter? He's not going to be. 
just let it go. Like, it's it's ridiculous. It's like you see the same thing every single day. It's like Mac Jones, Cam Newton, who's going to be the starter? Bill Belichick saying it's, it's uh, going to be Cam Newton, but we all think it's Mac Jones. Bill Belichick never d- doesn't lie to the media. He says what he, he's going to do, and he goes and does it. He doesn't, like, you know what I mean? It's just it's, it's not how it is. So, um. The whole narrative is just a, it's pretty it's pretty annoying. I'm not gonna lie, because it's like every every single day I wake up, I go to like get my coffee, and then it's like I put when I'm driving to get my coffee, I put the radio on. And it's like they're talking about the same thing every single time. W like find something new. Talk about the defense, how good the defense gonna, is gonna be. Talk about something other than Mac Jones and Cam Newton and who's gonna be the QB one. Because Bill Belichick has stated it multiple times, eh, it's gonna be Cam Newton. So with all that being said, Cam Newton is in some hot water right now. Um, he, uh, I don't know. There's been a huge misunderstanding here with like what's going on within the Pats organization. Hold on. And, uh, so pretty much what, what I've been able to gather is that from the, uh, after the game in Philadelphia, Cam went to go see his doctor, his personal doctor. Um, and the team went back to Massachusetts and, uh, Cam said that he was going to keep getting tested because Cam's not vaccinated, um, which is his right, by the way. He doesn't have to be vaccinated. Um, he's also getting crucified by the media for that fact, but uh, I'm not going to go into that because I, I don't care if you're vaccinated or unvaccinated. I really don't. Um, but regardless, Cam Cam agreed to keep getting testing um, done, and uh, I guess there was a miscommunication between the team and Cam that – he had to be using a certain test that the NFL provided. Uh, and he was still testing negative every single day, but because he lapsed, technically he didn't take the NFL tests because he lapsed. Um, he had now has to sit out for five days. Um, and he's still negative from what we all know. You know what I mean? The tests, who knows? Maybe he comes back positive. I, I don't know. Um, but regardless... It's like, as soon as like there's like a little something, it's like everyone in New England sports is like Mac Jones is a starter. Mac Jones is a starter, dude. Give it time. I'm also like completely in agreement with the fact that would like why does everyone want to start Mac Jones week one? Like, wouldn't you want to see the downfall of like Cam Newton and then like Mac Jones comes and saves the Patriots? Kind of like what happened with. Uh, Bledsoe and Brady, where it's like he Bledsoe literally almost died on the field. Here comes Tom Brady and just takes it. Like, wouldn't you want to see that rather than starting a rookie quarterback and then maybe him struggling out the gate and having to be benched? And then you got to put Cam Newton back in. And then it's like, oh, that's our we're benching our fran- future franchise quarterback. But hey, we're gonna next year we'll bring you back up. Or like, like how does like the how does the coming out of being benched in the first like three weeks if you're Mac Jones? How do you come back from that? You know what I mean? So. I think the narrative of Mac Jones replacing Cam Newton is way better than starting Mac Jones and having Cam Newton be the secondary and having the potential for Mac Jones to stink out of the gates. I mean, because let's let's all be real here. I keep it, and I might get crucified for this, but like, he's only played in preseason. He's never played against a starting group. Um, so let's just count that. And the only the only starting reps he's getting right now are against the New York Giants, who quite possibly could be one of the worst teams in football. So, I don't know. I'm just not – and it, trust me, I don't hate Mac Jones. I'm so excited for Mac Jones to be the future. But I am definitely of the narrative that, like, I would rather see Cam fail for the first, like, three weeks and have to, and have to be benched 
for Mac Jones to come in. Because then Mac Jones doesn't come in with pressure. You know what I mean? He's like it's it's an easier fix for him. He has a few weeks to watch what an actual NFL game is versus preseason games where you're you're just testing and you're playing against guys that pr- could not even be on the team. So there's no doubt in my mind that Mac Jones will be a starter. There's no doubt in my mind. He was literally drafted the first round by the Patriots. He's going to be a starter for them eventually, whether it's it, but it, it's not going to be week 1. Whether it's week 3, whether it's week 2 cuz Cam stinks week 1, I don't know, but he's definitely not going to be uh the week 1 starter. So, I think that that just like needs to be said. Um in I, I not even being like this, but like Cam does look better. You know what I mean? And like, trust me, I was a huge Cam hater last year because of how bad the team was and how bad he was. And you know, up until really the Seahawks game, I was like, yeah, he's not really like he's he's good, but I don't know, like I don't know what's gonna happen. And then he got COVID, and then it was just pretty much a spiral of events downfall of Cam Newton last year. However, from what we've seen so far, he definitely looks better. He's definitely hitting his targets. He's definitely using using the, the backs more. Um, and and for, I was at the game. I was at the first one where he had the really bad series, uh, the first preseason game. And then I, was at the, and then I saw the second one. I was like, yeah, the, the second one was very telling. He marched downfield, and the only reason they didn't score was because of an offensive line penalty, and they like a 15-yard penalty on like a third down. And it was like th- it was now like third and I don't know, like eighteen, and they didn't convert, so they had to kick a field goal. Like that was that was the situation as to why they didn't uh, he didn't score the first time. So, and then you watch him in the second game, and he's like damn near perfect in the second game against the Eagles. So, I don't know. I'm not like really too like quick to just like throw out Cam Newton yet because I don't think. I think it's way too much to ask of a rookie to come in and just lead your franchise to the playoffs. Like, it's way too much to do, especially when you have a former MVP. You know what I mean? It's like, why why not just, like, see what the MVP this guy has left in, left in the tank. If he's going to be terrible for the first three weeks, okay, we'll put in Mac Jones. If they are somehow 0-3, which I doubt they're going to be, but if they're 0-3 in the first three weeks, all right, you bench him, okay? But I don't see that happening. Um... Call me crazy. I don't know. But uh, moving on from, from Cam Jones and uh, – Cam Jones. Mac Jones and Cam Newton. Uh, let's let's break down the, se- the second preseason game and what I expect for the, uh, the third preseason game. Because the second preseason game was so much fun to watch. Uh, I touched on it a little bit earlier, but um, we're going to revisit it. Um, the defense, I, I cannot – I can't get over how excited I am for Matt- Matthew Judon. Um and and from the first like from the first snap we I saw him uh, at Gillette in the first preseason game, you were like, dude, Matthew Judon's a beast, and he's getting to he got to the quarterback like I don't know how many series how many total series he played, but it was like less than uh, it was somewhere around like I don't know like I want to say like nine total series he's played. He's gotten to the quarterback like four times. Just saying, um, he looked very good, uh, and, and I'm very excited for him. Uh, and then obviously Kyle Van Noah, you know, like the defense is going to be very, very good. The defense has not been talked about enough because the media has been talking about the whole QB battle, which I don't really think there's a battle, but we've been talking about it. Um, but the defense is going to be the best aspect of this Patriots football team. And it's not even a question. This defense is going to be so good. I don't even know where to start. I mean, the second, like 
whether it's the secondaries, whether it's the middle middle linebackers, whether it's the safeties, whether it's the defensive line, it, it, the the pass rushing ability, like it's it's crazy. They're going to be one of the best defenses in football again. Mark my words, they will be because the amount of talent they have, and then on top of it, the amount of like veterans within the defense that they still have, is just like I, I can't think of many defenses in football that are like that. You know, I really can't. Um, so I'm I'm really excited for the defense in particular because I really think that they're they're going to be very very good this year. Uh, we got to talk about it because I hyped them up so much uh, after the first the first preseason game, and then he didn't live up to expectations in the second. Um, I'll give you a second to think about it, but yes, it's my guy Quinn Norton. Um, I don't know what happened in the second game. The guy like. He looked like he either he had like he had some kind of special potion before the first preseason game where he was absolutely money, but the second preseason game he looked terrible. Like he looked so bad, he couldn't make a he couldn't make a field goal. He couldn't do anything. Um, he he finished like I want to say it was like two for five or something like that. It was, it was something really bad. Um, now I think. I think he's going to be fine, though. And I honestly, I think he'll make the roster um, simply because the potential for Nick Folk to be injured again. Like, Nick Folk's injured right now. It's very likely that, you know, like, a kicker injures his leg in the middle of the season, um, especially at Nick Folk's age, you know what I mean? And I think over the past, I don't know, ever since we lost Kostowski or, like, Kostowski's, like, last year, or last, like, two years because, like, he was injured the year before and then he had another chance and he was, like, injured again. But, like, I think that that's very common amongst older kickers is, like, once you mess up whatever's in your your lower half, like, whether it's your groin, whether it's, like, your leg or, like, your, your calf or, like, your knee or, like, your thigh, like, something in there and it's your kicking leg, you're, like, you're, it's done. So um, you can only do it for so much longer. And Nick Folk is, I mean, he's, he's getting up there in age. So we'll see, though. You know, I, I I'm pretty. I think Nick. I think uh, our boy Quinn Norton just had a bad. He just had a bad game. That that's what I'm gonna put it on. He just had a, he had a rough game. You know, and there's nothing. Hey, we. If you're an athlete, you've had a rough game before. So uh, now is not very good timing for Norton to have a bad game. But you know, whatever. He had a bad game, and it is what it is. Um, I think this Giants game is gonna be very. Uh, it's going to be very telling for if he actually makes the team or not. I think he's going to make the team because I think, uh, you know, for as bad as he was in, like, the first half when most fans were actually watching, but if you stayed till the end, he did make, like, his last three kicks. So, I don't know. It was – I think the Giants game is going to be very telling, but I think he's still above, like, if, if like, a 50 – if there's, like, a 50% marker, you know what I mean, in, like – He's he's like just above the fifty percent marker when it's like all he has to do is like he he can miss like one field goal next game and he'll still probably make it still probably make it um so yeah um like I said not but like had to touch upon it because I was just so uh Patriots are in. oh nice um yeah I think I think he's I think he's gonna be fine but I, like I said had to touch upon it because uh you know I, I wrote about it in the blog and the blog got a lot of uh, a lot of action and uh pro- people are probably calling me an idiot for uh for getting so high on uh Quentin Norton before um before he ever made the team. But I mean we to be fair, he looked money in the first in the first game. So uh 
Yeah. Um, the other thing I want to talk about too was um, the running back situation that's going on in New England because it's very interesting. Uh, is it six or seven? I think it's seven running backs, including the fullback, um, who's clearly going to make the team because the Patriots aren't don't have a run game without a fullback. Um, so six like actual backs, whether you're whether receiving or power uh, running, but regardless, they have six. They have six backs. Um, and I saw something today, and I think I said something about it, maybe in the article that I wrote. I'm not really sure, but someone's going to get cut. You know what I mean? Um, I I would be very, very shocked to see them carry that many backs. Um, and, and the backs they have right now are Harris, White, Michelle, J.J. Taylor, uh, Stevenson, and Brandon Bolden. I think Brandon Bolden's like if you, all those guys have had. I, I think if you're on, the people on the chopping block are probably Sony Michelle and uh, Brandon Bolden, um, and that's because JJ Taylor. A lot of people are probably like, "What about JJ Taylor?" Um, the only reason I say no to that is because he's used in special teams, um, and he was he was a really effective uh, special teams player last year. Uh, it was him and Gunner who were the returners, and um, I think I think he has more value than Brandon Bolden, and Brandon Bolden's obviously older, so that aspect comes into it. We know what happens with with older players in uh, New England. So, and it pains me to say that because Brandon Bolden is a he's a Pats veteran. Like he's he's been on the Pats for I mean he played last year because of COVID, but before that, you know, he was like on he's won the Super Bowls with the Patriots, so. It's tough, um, but like I said, I I find it very uh, very tough for them to actually carry that many uh, that many backs. I just don't see it happening, and it's hard to cut. You can't cut Stevenson. You're drafting him second this past year. He's been killing it in the preseason. Obviously, you're keeping James White. Um, so and Michelle, maybe obviously you're keeping Damian Harris. So then it's like, all right, the names are starting to pile up here. Who who's who's on the chopping block? And I could see them keeping five, like six total backs. Um, but seven is, I feel like seven's a big stretch. Um, if even like, even, f- you know what I mean? Like even six total backs is kind of a stretch, but obviously, you know, you, you got the fullback. So like, it's really only five, but still five is a lot of, it's a lot of backs. So <clears throat> I don't know. We'll see, but that is just something I want to touch upon because like I said, their run game in these past two preseason games has been unstoppable. Like n- there's nothing either defense could do to stop, uh, the run game, which is good to see because, you know, and, and this is maybe why the only reason I am still kind of like in favor of keeping this many backs on the Patriots is because I guess like say one of them has like a bad game. You know what I mean? Like you have many options and they're all like, they all provide something different, I guess. You know what I mean? When you think of the power run, like, and this is, again, this is getting back to like why I think Sonny Michelle is probably on the chopping block because it's like, um, Sonny Michelle has proven that he's not the best receiving back, even though we've seen him a few times these past preseason games, uh, be better in the receiving game, uh, from the running back position. But from what we know of Sonny Michelle in the regular season in the three, the two or three seasons he's been with the Patriots, um, he's been primarily a power running back, a uh, goal line running back. Um, but Damian Harris has now clearly taken over that role. Um, clearly the RB one in the, in the, the on the team in that offense, so you got that. Then you have JJ Taylor, who's 
their their fastest running back they have, but without a doubt. Um, quick, he's elusive, uh, and he also provides special team uh, play. And then you got um, James White, who obviously you can't cut. He's like might as well just be like he's one of the top receivers on the team. He's he's clearly staying there. Uh, and now you have Stevenson, who's another power running back and, and probably more effective than Damian in Damian Harris on the goal line. So Sony Michelle, it's like what you know what I mean? Um, I don't know. It's it just it's a lot of it's a lot of it's almost it's almost too. You have too much wealth, you know. What I mean, at that one position, you, and it's going to be hard to to cut some guys. But if I had to guess, um, Brandon Bolden will probably uh, not be on the team. If I had to take a guess, maybe who knows? Maybe they catch. Maybe they uh, they take that many. Uh, they they take on that many backs this year. Maybe that's something they rely on. But if I had to, uh, if I had to guess, it's probably going to be Brandon Bolden. Uh, that's going to get the boot. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, Preseason game against the uh, the Giants. Um, I, as of right now, if I had to guess, Cam Newton's probably still a starter because, um, you know, the media as I as I went on a rampage uh, before like ten minutes ago, media is making out to be like Mac Jones is going to be the uh, the starter here. But I mean, Cam Newton is still going to have like when he comes back Thursday or no. Comes back on Friday, like he's still going to have like two. I don't know. He's going to he's going to practice like one day I think against the Giants. Uh, before they play him, so I think Cam Newton will probably start the game. But like like we've seen, you know, like maybe he doesn't. Who knows? Maybe Belichick starts Mac Jones and doesn't even play Cam Newton. Uh, I don't know. But regardless, I think Cam Newton's still the Week One starter. I think Cam Newton's going to play on Sunday, um, and I think it's going to be a lot of the same of what we've seen. I think the Patriots are probably going to win, um, and you know, Cam Cam will play maybe a quarter and a half, maybe because. You know, he didn't play that much against Washington. Then he played the whole first quarter, and now maybe he'll play a little bit more, and then Mac Jones plays a little bit more, and we don't see Brian Hoare. Um, that'd probably be uh, be nice. Uh, but this also brings me to the last, the last thing here, um, where I think I think they might get rid of Jared Stidham. Just put him on IR for, like, the whole year. Because I know he's not even practicing right now. He's had the back surgery, but... They might put Jared Stidham on IR the whole year because I don't know. He's he's kind of like in the running back situation. He kind of seems like the odd man out, you know. And like people are probably like, "What about Brian Hoyer?" But I think Brian Hoyer is like, I think with with what's going on with Mac right now and Cam, um, it's just like you can't take that much of a chance, I guess, in another new guy at the position. Like you want somebody. You want your last resort to be somebody who can at least like hold the fort down and it's not gonna blow up in flames on him. Or if it does, it's okay because it's that guy. You know what I mean? Like is that there's that uh that gray area where it's like, okay, the team's falling apart because they're on their QB three, but it's like their QB three is is this guy. So like it's it's expected. You know what I mean? Um I don't get that feeling with Jared Stidham. Jared Stidham is unproven. He hasn't done really anything in the league so far. And this is no hate to Jared Stidham. I like Jared Stidham. Um, but like I said, he's he looks to me like he's going to be the odd man out uh, in New England at the, the, the QB spot. Um, if I had to guess, he's going to be on the IR most of the, most of the year. So that's what I got for Pat's news. Um, they play again on Sunday against the Giants. Um, yeah, I expect, a, huge, I expect a, a pretty easy win there. But who knows? You know, it's football any given Sunday. So... Uh, we'll see. Um, all right, let's move on to a little bit of Celtics talk real quick. Hold on. 
got to drink this lukewarm water. Keep the mouth, uh, you know, like, like uh, from from getting dry, getting dry. Uh, Celtics talk. Since since last week, because I didn't think we talked about it really. We maybe we talked about it a little bit on last week's interview. I'm trying to remember. Um, I don't even think we did though, because I think we did the interview, and then. Hmm, hold on, let me check. I gotta check my Instagram real quick. I'm trying to to get the dates right here. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Did we release? That was on August 16th, and then we released the episode. Oh, I don't know what today is. Uh, so I think it was the day before, maybe. I don't know. No, but I think it was the day after. Oh, it was the day of. Yeah, okay, all right. We didn't talk about it. We didn't talk about it because we were recording. Okay, that, now that's what makes sense. So we haven't even talked about the Marcus Smart thing. Um, and we haven't obviously talked about the Robert Williams or the uh, Josh Richardson extensions that the Celtics have given out. So I'm my bad. I was just trying to get, I was just trying to get, uh, get all set here. So let's start off with the Marcus Smart thing because this had a lot of people in uproar, uh, especially uh, the WEI guys could not get it done. Um, they couldn't get enough of it. So my initial thoughts are, um, obviously you guys know how I feel about Marcus Smart. Um, he's a, in my eyes, he's, he's maybe the, the biggest trick or treat guy of all time. Um, you know, sometimes he's going to, he's going to be the best defender on the floor and, uh, he's going to get you a crazy, he's going to get you a crazy, crazy steal he's gonna get a crazy call you know what i mean he's gonna make a crazy shot and then other times he's gonna be literally gonna be the worst player on the court and that's just how it is um so i i don't really like love the deal money wise i guess you know four years 77 million it's seen it's like 19 and a half i'm pretty sure each year or like on average it kind of seems like a little bit of a stretch to me uh, I don't know. I just, I don't really love the idea of spending that much money in, in, um, I have it up here. Hold on. I'll look at it. Like he's going to be the, the fourth highest, um, cap percentage on the team. And he's going to be over 10% cap every single year moving forward here. I don't know. I don't, I, I love but but here's what I do love about it is I do love that we have Marcus Smart back and I I'll reiterate it again because I think Marcus Smart is maybe is one of the most un, like his style of play is so underrated that I understand why the Celtics co- couldn't get rid of him and I think that most fans they they don't see like they understand the value of or no they see the value of it but they don't understand the value of it if, if that makes sense um like they can see that Marcus Smart is a great defender, but they don't understand why. Like understand why that's so important to the team. Um, so that and that is why I will always like Marcus Smart, and I and I always wanted. I didn't want the Celtics to get rid of Marcus Smart. Um, is because for that simple reason that he the what he does on the defensive floor is not something that's common in the NBA, and I think that Danny Ainge understood that, and I think Brad Stevens understands that. That how many guys out there in the NBA? How many other Marcus Smarts are there? are out there in the NBA. If you can get a list of 10 Marcus Smarts out there, props to you. But I can think of like two or three. And one of them, 
Like, not even that great. Not even that close to comparing. Um, so, and I, the other thing I want to I wanna bring up, too, is that Marcus Smart statistically has gotten better every single year. Um, he's improved every single year. Uh, he, I, he averaged the most amount of assists he's ever averaged last year. He averaged the most amount of points he's ever averaged last year. His best three-point shooting percentage was last year. Um, they fell off a little bit in the defensive um, categories, but, I mean, nonetheless, he's still the heart He's still the heart and soul of the Boston Celtics defense, and that's without a doubt. You cannot change my mind. He is the heart and soul of the Boston. He's not the heart and soul of the Boston Celtics, but it, of the defense, he definitely is. So, um, I love that we got Marcus Smart back. I don't love the price that we got him at. I think... I think 77 mil is a little little much, but who knows? Maybe the cap's going to go up and it's not going to be that big of a, a deal uh in the next few in the next like few years here. Um Robert Williams loved 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 this move. Um what I didn't love about this move is and it's not even about the move, it's just Robert Williams and and what I don't love about Robert Williams is the fact that he is so injury prone, you know, he has the leg issue and that's something that's never going away. So, um, I think that that played a lot into his, his contract being 12 million for the next, um, what was his extension? 12 million for the next, uh, four years, an additional 12 million. So wait, 54 million. Is it 12 million? I'm only looking at 2023, so yeah, all right. I don't know what the average is, but it's four years, $54 million extension. Love the love it. He's going to be a 7% cap, uh, 7% of your cap percentage, and he has the potential to be a, a huge defensive anchor on the Celtics in the paint. Love that move. Um, at, at $12 million, love that move. Um, my only hope is that he stays he stays uh, healthy, you know what I mean? I, I hope he, he doesn't. Because that's been the biggest issue with him is he just he's a he's injury prone. You know, what I mean, he's he's someone who has improved every single year. He had a great year last year when he was on the court, but that's the thing. It's like he wasn't really on the court that much. Um, so I don't know. It's it that that definitely played into his contract though, and I think that that's why the Celtics were able to keep him, and that's why Brad extended him because he's like that's you can't give that guy away. Um, you know, I th- I think that they got him at a steal, and it might not look like a steal right now, but I think in in three years, that's going to look like an absolute steal that he's making $12 million, and hopefully he's he's still uh, healthy in, in providing the value uh, that he provides right now at a much higher level in, in three years, uh, which I believe he will be. So, um, And lastly, the Josh Richardson move. Uh, hmm. I don't hate it, you know, um... It's only it was only a one year extension, so I really didn't hate it. Um, what I was a little, I guess I was a little, like thrown off by it because I was pretty convinced that Josh Richardson was like a uh, a purpose move to like to acquire him, you know, to kind of dump off cap space, um, or, or not dump off cap space, open up cap space uh, for next year's off season. So uh, to you know. Because that is something that we have to uh, account for here. And I, I, didn't, I didn't do the math, but I'm going to do it right now here. Um, we got 17 mil in Marcus Smart ne- for next year, uh, plus 12 mil, plus 12 mil. So 41 million. 42 million. No, 41 million. Um, I thought I was just smarter than the calculator right there. Well, 
Uh, forty-one million over for those three players alone, uh, locked up in cap space next year, and then on top of it, you have Jason Tatum's thirty seventy-one. Then you have uh, hold on here. See, this is seventy-one. Then you have Jalen Brown's twenty-eight. Or is that yeah, Jalen Brown's twenty-eight next year, and then you have Al Horford's. 26 and a half. And a whopping 125 million. And those are the only players contractually. Now, if next year, who knows what's going to happen this year. But next year, say they don't keep Grant Williams, he's gone. Uh, they don't re-up his contract, he's gone. Uh, I, I suspect they're going to keep Peyton Pritchard, so there's another 2 million. So now we're at 127 million. Uh, Langford and Neesmith, probably. So respectively, that's another eight million. So uh, now we're at one hundred thirty-six million. If if my math is correct, there, uh, I stopped using the calculator. But one hundred thirty-six million. I doubt they're going to keep Carson Edwards uh, past next year. So like that makes it a little tough, you know. And and I think this is why this has caused so much outrage within the, the for Celtics fans is that that has that's definitely made it tough because. If the cap space is only going to be, uh, what, I don't know, it's two, two sixteen, two twelve. It's at like some like total per team. I think it's at like two twelve. Um, you're gonna, they're still gonna have a lot of cap space to work with. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think they're gonna have enough cap space to sign a huge, a a huge guy, a huge star, I should say, um, that we've been suspecting they were gonna, um, if they just threw out. Uh, was it 12, 12, 24, 17, whatever that was. If they just threw out that, mu- that much money for in extensions. But, but, I understand it. Because if you're going to keep Tatum, Brown, Smart, Williams, and Richardson for the next two years minimum, you're keeping those five together. And you have Al Horford, um... The only reason I'm kind of laying off Al Horford for a little bit right now is I think I, I don't see Al Horford staying his entire contract out. I, I He might retire beforehand, or if he does, they're going to try. They have to rework his his uh, his deal because that it just doesn't make sense. Because, I mean, just looking at his contract right now, it is he, – he's getting in 20 um, – uh, that's what he got in this, this year. So 2021 – to 2022, he's getting 27, and then 2022 to 2023, he's getting 26 and a half. I don't see it. You know what I mean? Uh, I really don't. I don't. Th- and who knows? May- maybe they do keep it. You know, I thought. I'm not gonna lie. I thought it was. I thought it went till 2024, but I guess it doesn't. And he's unrestricted free agent 2023. So I don't know. Maybe they do. They do keep him. But um, like I said, I don't. But here's here's something else to to also note is that 14.5 is guaranteed and then 19.5 guaranteed if Philly makes the finals in. So they're not. But this is another reason why this contract and and I'm also just not finding out about this is he gets 19.5 guaranteed if Philadelphia makes the finals in in 2020, 2021, or 2022. Whoa. So that's a huge difference maker. Um, 
But regardless, his cap hit is still uh still twenty seven million um this coming year and the next year it's twenty six point five. So uh you know we'll uh we'll see you know, but it had to be addressed because this is uh you know this 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 is the news that's been going on with the seas um and. All in all, I, I think I am kind of in. I'm in. I'm in favor of the moves. I thought that they were good moves. I thought that they were smart moves, um, and they were effective moves, and and I liked them. So, um, you know, there's there, you're not gonna get. I, the only thing I didn't really like was the uh, the amount of monies that we gave away. But who knows? May, like, maybe, and they probably do. The GMs know what the projected cap space is gonna be over the next five years. I'm sure that the NBA GMs know that it's not just like a huge surprise every single year they get it and like whoa I'm pretty sure they have like a rough estimate of what it's going to be so um yeah um that's probably going to do it though like I said I want to keep it short you know 40 minutes last time last uh last episode we did a long episode so um like I said uh you know Pat's is starting up uh, next. It's starting up next. Not not this week. We got one more preseason game, and then it, then we're into the swing of things. So we got that come on the on the horizon to look forward to. So I'm uh, I'm pretty excited for Patriots season. Uh, I'm excited to you know go to some games this year, and uh, you know just just get some uh, get some uh, get some good Patriots talk in there. Uh, and uh, I, I mentioned it in last week's uh, you know pre you know the thing I do at the start of the episode. Um, but for the people who who do fantasy football, um, we have a we have a very diverse um, fantasy football cast on this year's uh, ep- this year's episodes of the Leatherheads Fantasy Football Podcast. So wherever you're listening to this podcast, I highly recommend you go download uh, that podcast. We're gonna be doing some cool things with some cool companies. Um, so just a lot of good stuff come for football season. So be on the lookout for that. And uh, obviously, you know, go check out Grave Media. Stay up to date. Um, Yeah, and I will see you guys uh, next week. All right, later.